I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast. Um, still me, Gareth Barger, doing the presenting and that because uh, Stephen, well, we're not going over why Stephen um, is missing again. I think we've uh, combed over that one a few times, uh, so we'll not get into that again. Um, but nevertheless, uh, we are joined by a man who's obviously classing himself as a loser on his. Um, <laughs> on his Zoom name, and that could only be one of two people. Um, and it is Matthew Keeling this week after Tom stepped in for um, for Stephen last week. Hello, Matthew. You're right. Hello, you're right. It's quite interesting that you uh, said combed over uh, for Stephen. Yeah, I'm no. sort of being bold. Well, that's why I said it. Well, I wasn't sure, Gareth, because, you know, your intros are famously... Uh, Famously fantastic, aren't they? So, well, that was great, <laughs> and you've ruined it by well, revealing the joke. Well, I'll just go then, shall I? Ruined it's, it. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, and we're also joined by uh, Phil Smith of the Sunderland Echo, who's um, taking the leaf out of Matt Hancock's book. Um, by the look of it on the Zoom, there he's sporting the turtleneck. Say what? Say what you like about Matt Hancock. He's a stylish fella. <laughs> <laughs> A very yeah, an easy man to fall in love with, obviously. Um, that's why I mean, Richard wore the uh, wore, wore the turtlenecks to the awards in November because, and then you know, obviously, um, Hancock seen what it's about, <laughs> and he's um, taking that on for his podcasting, whatever he did, what well, the podcast he did. Why we're talking about him? So that's terrible. So now, like, well man. done, Phil. Thanks, Phil, for wearing that jumper and making us talk about my Hancock. Unfortunately, uh, I don't really own any other style of clothing. So um, only <laughs> very, only very handcuffs. This is quite interesting. Yeah. Really, I'm quite. I've got about two t-shirts um, and about nine of these. So once someone comes around, I'm in big trouble. There we go. <laughs> oh, you'll just no, you really stand hot, by. Yeah. I just have a really hot neck in the summer, <laughs> which is fine. Um, but um, speaking of hot necks. Uh, Sunderland won on Saturday, um, and it made a lot of fans hot under the collar um, as they went away from Wigan with uh, a delightful 3-0 victory. Um, I don't think anybody um, with a functioning brain would have thought that was a possibility um, after the last sort of two months, Um but it was sort of the reverse typical Sunderland, if you want to sort of um, really hammer home that cliche and that that was the game that you'd expect us to get nothing from. Um, and we actually 
well dominated the game from start to finish, didn't we, Phil? Yeah, it was um, it was quite surreal. It felt like quite a surreal season at times, really. Um, and like you say, I, I honestly don't think I've ever been as pessimistic ahead of a game at any stage in League One. Um, you know, and that's logic as much as just sort of being ground down by recent results. Just couldn't see them producing a, a result at all against that Wigan side and drove into Wigan, drove past a wine slash coffee bar and I thought the temptation to just stop and just go and get absolutely leathered and not bother, not bother with the football is like overwhelming. Um, but they were excellent. I thought pretty much everyone in the team had a sort of seven, eight out of ten game. Obviously, the, the early goal massively helped because obviously Neil had sort of set them up to, to try and absorb some pressure, play on the break. And I think when you get that early goal, obviously Wigan had their biggest crowd since the Premier League days, apparently. And, and all of a sudden, the pressure was on them and that kind of played into someone's hands in the way they wanted to play. But I thought they stood up, to stood up, defended the box well, won the headers, won second balls, didn't get bullied. I think it was probably the kind of performance we didn't think um, this squad was capable of based on kind of the evidence of this season so far. So, yeah, it was just, it, it was surreal, but it, but it was excellent. And, and hopefully it's it's a platform because obviously the last few weeks have been dire, really. Um, you know, and that, that should have been a top two game, not a sort of try and cling on to fifth or sixth. Um, but yeah, hopefully that's kind of stops the rot. Do you think it's uh, <clears throat> evidence of Neil's influence on the team um, Matt or do you think that's, it's too early to sort of say I know it's been a bit stodgy since he's taken over um, is that because there's been a transition in style because it's, it was a very different way of playing I, I felt as well on, on, on Saturday yeah I hope it is I mean like you're right it was a, it was a completely different dismantling of a side to what we did to Sheffield Wednesday and Mork and Cheltenham and but I so I hope so. Um obviously it's a it's a different style of play completely that he's, that's gonna that we're gonna be playing going forward and hopefully that's the first sign of it starting to come together. I think there's been probably little flashes of it maybe um before that, but not nothing <laughs> nothing to write home about. But I ho- I think so because <clears throat> obviously the early goal you've you said was something that he'd He'd obviously identified as, as key. And we started, I know we scored off for a minute, but we started right on the front foot. Like we just decided, oh well, we'll just go and score then. Like immediately and obviously yeah. got the foul. Um nice ball in and a, a good header. And from there we did, like the way we were set up, we we never really looked in any any bother. Like they had a bit of sustained pressure probably immediately after we scored. The first goal, yeah, and then as soon as we got the penalty, really, the game they, that kind of almost killed it. Really, the second half was we just controlled it, which was nice to see. Actually, just like, oh well, we'll just keep the ball and that, and just get fouls. And yeah, I think it was. I think it was a performance sort of reminiscence and style of the that kind of Allardyce style we had in the mm. in the Premier League, where it was quite sort of get the ball forward quickly playing their final third um, and we put some good moves together in the final third we won a lot more second balls like loads of second balls we won which you know is impressive considering you know that they're a physical side um, and that you know when I've seen Wigan this season they're very combative and I thought I was really worried about 
given how weak we've been um, at times and just kind of buckled, um, we re- we we actually kind of took the game to them, and in the end, they kind of ended up sort of whimpering away from the from the fight. I think we were a lot. I mean, that was a, I would say that's probably the most aggressive performance we've put in this season. Yeah, I do. I agree. Yeah. By a mile, by an absolute mile. Yeah. Um, and I think, to be honest, I think they just caught Wigan off. I mean, you could see in the first 10, 15 minutes, as a lot of teams have done, um, they were just playing long balls into that left-hand channel, kind of expecting McGuinness to win them. Um, and aside from one or two early on, Arby was just just winning them all. Um, and you could just tell that Wigan didn't really have an answer when, we, when someone kind of shut that avenue down. Um, and that made such a massive difference because it just the confidence kind of through the entire team kind of stemmed from not having that soft centre, if you like, that so many teams have exposed. And I thought that was a, a massive factor in how the game went. I mean, we've seen McGuinness in pre-season and also when he played for Hull last year. Um, bully Sunderland, really. Um, and went off after an hour, I think, um, in this game, having barely produced awesome. anything. Yeah. Um, it was just not... I don't think Wigan thought Sunderland were capable of that doing that. I'm not sure Sunderland thought they were capable of doing that. It was it was just nice to see and like say, you know, Neil did make a big point after the game and saying we can't do that every week. We can't play that way every week. You know, I've done this for the circumstance of the game and the opponent and what have you. But hopefully that kind of bit of resilience and that that platform, you know, is something that it can replicate. Um, because it was it was night and day from so much of what we've seen away from home this season. I guess it's, it's, go on, so, Matt. Sorry, no, no, no. I was just going to say, like the way the way we <clears throat> like the way we played got right sort of up their nose, really. Like they they were just trying far too hard after about ten minutes. Like in particular, power was just charging all over the place, like like a man possessed, but possessed for the wrong. way. Like we've seen him have them games for us, like in in bigger games sometimes, which. Obviously, I was a massive fan of him when he was here, but the times in 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 some games you'd be like, right, he's going to get sent off, or he's going to do something stupid, and he's just he's clearly his head was all over the place trying to get people sent off. He was trying to get Mateta sent off as soon as he when he when he got booked after ten minutes, he was over to the linesman sort of gesturing and he like stamped down his shin or something. Yeah, really, he just like he'd mistimed the, the tackle. Um, and I think we we just got right into them. And if I was them now, I'd be. I know they're the second, and they've got two games in hand. But that performance there that they gave on Saturday was one that they reminded. I know we we didn't lose it three 0 It was us against Coventry at home under Jack Ross when we just lost it. Yeah. And that was like that. There's a lot more games for them. There's a lot more time. But if I was them now, I doubt would start to creep in about. We've just been dismantled at home and completely lost our heads. I mean, maybe they're a bit of a flat track bully, Wigan. I mean, you know that somebody will probably be able to prove is wrong here. I know they beat Wickham um, away from home the other week. They're not in a great um, spell of form at the moment either, are they? No. Um, but generally, we look at the results, and they've they've succeeded where we failed. In that we generally do get good results against the teams in the top six. Um, when you look at the results over the course of the season, yeah, we got you know we we lost that game to to Rotherham in spectacular style. But when you look at the other ones, the teams around 
you know, generally we've we've picked up good results against them. Um, and then we go and lose to like Cheltenham, <laughs> and we draw Wimbledon, and and you know, there's lose at home at Lincoln, lose at home at Doncaster. That's the issue where you know, for us, um, I think Wigan's style generally, when you look at it, is probably more suited to grind than results out. You know, and we probably haven't um, had that about us this season. Um, but I mean, I think we'll move on to like individual performances in a minute because obviously you could probably like give a positive appraisal of every single player who's involved at the weekend. Um, but I think one of the positives. And a little bit of a negative from the weekend, I would say. The positive was we actually created quite a few chances in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pritchard had that one that went past the post. Um, and, you know, we had that ball across the face that right nearly sort of got on the end of things like that. But so that was positive to see that again. But maybe a slight negative, you look at the over recent times, our scoring from open play seems to have sort of dried up a little bit. And again, it was three set pieces at the weekend, essentially two penalties and the and the free kick. Um is that going to be interesting the next few games to see, you know, are we gonna start creating those chances? Because we used to create a hat full and it's kind of dried up. You know, next few weeks things gonna be key in restoring that confidence, you know, in front of goal, I think, with it with the fixtures we've got coming. Well I think that they look pretty terrible for the last few weeks in both boxes so I'm quite happy that they've corrected that at one end um, or at least have taken some steps to do that so yeah. I think it's a good it's the right place to start isn't it because that defense has really been the biggest issue yeah. all season to be honest I'm I mean one of the things that made me quite optimistic well fair, as optimistic as you can be watching some London League one in terms of the like the next few weeks going forward is that I think that sort of shape and that kind of personnel like made sense and you could see that the players were so much more comfortable than they have been in recent weeks because pretty much everybody was in a position that is, if not their preferred position, then pretty close to it. And I think one of the things in recent games, it's like you can understand Neil wants to take a look at everyone, you know, Sandy wants to try different combinations, but it just looked so like unbelievably disjointed. And on Saturday, I thought it looked quite convincing and even the subs like brought Clark on on the left wing position he's comfortable in straight away, like he had an impact, he brought something. Um, and so I do think hopefully he's kind of got that platform now and hopefully he can start to get a bit more consistency in the starting eleven. Because I thought on Saturday you could tell that players were comfortable what they're being asked to do, where they were being asked to play. So hopefully we can stop sort of like four random changes every game, change the system and just having this kind of bit of a mess. Hopefully now there's a little bit of a platform where you can say, right, well, we've got the basics in place here. Hopefully we can we can go and build on it because you know some of the selections, well, not just since Neil came in, but in the couple of games before we did after Johnson left were just absolutely bizarre. Um and so hopefully this can be a little bit of like a, a building block, I think. Yeah, I think moving on to the individuals and it's you know, there's some interesting stats going about with Lyndon Gooch and our like with and without sort of record with him in the team. I know he's not a massively popular player, but so I thought that was a game for him, wasn't it, at the weekend? Like up against McLean and 
kind of down that side and he was getting like McLean was getting more and more wound up as the game went on and stuff like that. Um, you know, that, that's got to be a positive thing to have a good Lyndon Gooch, sort of potentially the, the best things about him um, come to the fore in, in a win rather than sort of worrying about the, well, the <laughs> the things he does that really do irritate everybody, which makes makes him a bit of a scapegoat at times. <clears throat> yeah. Um... I thought he was really good to be fair like he he did totally nullified McLean um who well he just didn't really have a kick did he he put a couple of sort of crosses in in the second half but it was good I was quite pleased for him actually like I'm, again I'm not a massive fan of him really but like it was good to see him back to kind of what he has shown that he can do in the past um none of his just running down blind alleys yeah. and running the ball out of play. Like there wasn't any of that. He got his head up when he needed to and he got back well. It was creative, tenacious. It was a, a pretty good performance for him. Really, he just got a like, there's no reason for him to come out of the team now. So I'll be interesting just, though, isn't it? If you think about what Alex Neal said, is is that a game maybe for him? Maybe. And then when, and then when you're playing you know, got crew to come. Someone worse. You know, at home, for example, we've got Fleetwood in that midweek game. There mm. you go. Well, we pick someone like Clark in this game. And then yeah, when we've got maybe. that away game, maybe we'll go with someone like Gooch. I don't know. I, I think that was kind of some of the things when I said to you before that he was clear to say, like, this, you know, we set up this way because of Wigan and it was out of play on this day. Those are the little things we're referring to. But again, you know, I thought Gooch benefited from having a clear role that he's relatively familiar with do you know what I mean rather than like ending up as sort of like half left wing back or whatever yeah. and you think well you know they have in my opinion anyway they have at times you know been times when players have pretty much been set up to fail and I think Gooch has fallen into that category numerous times and he is clearly a better player than what he's shown probably over the last six to eight weeks um, but I was pleased for him because he, he is someone who even if he can be frustrating you know you are going to get 100% from him and it was nice to see him almost be able to, to, to channel that into something really effective. Um, and I think he was one of a lot of players who probably benefited from having things simplified, playing in a position that they know and understand well and kind of having that clarity to go and execute it. I thought, I thought he was good um, and I was pleased for him as well. Yeah, but I'm sure there's people listening going, how can you start praising players with Lyndon Gooch given you know the, the more sort of eye-catching displays came from probably other areas of the pitch, but Certainly, in, in in that respect, you got to look at Jamadjli, who first first league start, which is you know feels like he's been around forever. Um, and I know some of the reports from the twenty three games have been generally he's not been he's been a bit off, but at the same time, maybe it's one of them where you think it's hard to get yourself going for those games. Maybe I don't know. Um, but he was so commanding, you know, winning headers over the top, like you say, he kind of nullified McGuinness. Um, is it a case with him now he has to stay in the team? Well, that <clears throat> I guess that probably depends on how he holds up, really. I think, I don't know, I mean, he hasn't played for a long time. Um, so I don't know, do you need to manage him? But in terms of performance, where there was one moment in the first half where 
So I just oh, like yeah. let <laughs> it was just a slight concern because it was like, oh, I'm just going to let this go back to the goalkeeper. And I was like, no, don't do, don't do that. That was Patterson's fault. Just mind. about, I, I know, but it was he was he was on his heels. He wasn't because he wasn't ready because of the defender involved. Well, I just imagine yeah. it was like, oh no, how are we going to get this all afternoon? Um, but we didn't. Like he was great, um, and we probably shouldn't get carried away because we've seen debuts like this before from centre halves. But I'm going to. Um, <laughs> Can I just say I? I am also getting carried away, so yeah. let's do it. Let's so, do it. I should I think you should play every minute for the remainder of the campaign. <laughs> we might have to if <laughs> yeah, well. Callum Doyle's gone for a rest, which he needed. Um Danny Bart, I don't know what's the situation mm. there. I mean he's been kind of on the edge with his injury well, for, he had a for good, quite a while. He did he have did a good have a debut good as well. So the thing is what Jamaji's got in his locker is really good with the ball. Like his, mm. his passing is is really quite good, so you know. That's, but you'll have to. I mean, given he is one of the four centre backs, he will have to play many more games before the end of the season. So it'll be interesting but, to see how they can manage that. I think it's just good to know that you don't have to play Doyle, even yeah. when he's clearly not yeah. in position. I think that's the thing in it because, like, obviously on recent performances. You know, listen. Doyle has had a good season, and he, a lot of times he's been a really effective player. Um, but clearly now you have the option that you don't need to play him. And and I listen, my I think the level of his performance came as a surprise to everyone. Um, you know, I asked Neil about Zamaji on Friday because I've Tuesday night's game. He basically said I have to pick Callum Doyle because I haven't got another left-sided centre back. Um, so I kind of sent him on Friday. I said, well, what about Zamaji? Because obviously Speakman had you know, names him actually as one of his four. So I thought that was interesting. And he basically said he's trained well, but it's too much of an ask to ask someone to play. Um, given what he's, you know, his recovery and the length of time, what have you. Obviously his hand was forced and I think it was a surprise for everyone, but it just goes to show you don't find out about players until mm. you put them in the in the heat of it, do you? Because it's not the same playing under 23s mm. football. It's it's not the same training on a Monday or a Tuesday. And I think what you saw was that he's clearly got a bit something about him. He likes the he likes the fight. He likes the scrap. Um, I thought, and like you say, there was one moment where he, he looked like he'd taken a poor first touch, and he sort of inhaled, and then he just played this big switch over um, yeah, to the right winger. And I thought, hmm, we should maybe have picked this guy because um, he'd been he'd been <laughs> to be quite good. Um, but yeah, I think it did come as a surprise to everyone. And I just think like credit to him because um, it was definitely a scenario in which he left in the summer without ever having played a league game for Sunderland. Like that was definitely a possibility. Um, he's got an opportunity. Apparently his calf was hurting on Thursday, but he just kept it to himself because he didn't want to oh. uh, <laughs> didn't want to sacrifice his chance, um, backed himself and he took it. Um, and listen, I, I don't think it's a squad where we've, been, we've seen a huge amount of sort of fight in difficult games, especially away from home. Um, and credit to him. Um, I thought he, he was excellent. And like I say, it's nice to know that you can probably, hopefully if he holds up well, um, you know that you don't have to play Doyle, which is probably the scenario that Neil felt he was in um, up until Saturday. I think you know it's a difficult, difficult time for him. I mean, stating the obvious with the injury, he's got to move away, you know, to England and gets injured straight away, and he's kind of on his own almost, you know, and, ha- and having to deal with that and not being able to play. 
um, in the pandemic on top as well. Of that, in the yeah, very difficult. So and he seems like a likable chap. So um, you know, really pleased for him that he's uh, come in and you know, even probably sort of go away from that thing. You know, if, if I remember for one thing, I might be remembered for you know, I'm I'm. I was useful. <laughs> People not walking away going, oh, well, this guy got injured. We never saw him. And, you know, he was probably crap when he ends up like going back to, I don't know, wherever, Bulgaria or something. To some city. He signed for Sofia in the summer, something like that. There you go. It's the only team I could think of from that part of the world. So, you know, I feel like Matt would be able to like pick a more random team than me. Nah, what, in Bulgaria? No, that was... Well, not Bulgaria. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Area just anywhere, Estonia, um, Latvia, somewhere uh, like that. Yeah, um, right. Uh, no, I can't think of any. Let's who, who, who did Leicester play the other week? Randers, they're quite random. Randers, then they the sound Danish. Scandinavian, yeah, and the Danish. It's quite funny that because they're like playing, uh, their league's a summer league, so like they're now they just got bodied off Leicester because they played about three friendlies and then had to play. A European game, which is quite funny, really. So, yeah. Did, um, Toby Heisen play for Randers. Did he? That's, I'm just deciding. Yeah, he did. Is it when there you buy go. Rangers off Wish? Yeah, yeah. I saw that joke on Twitter as well. Did you make? Didn't say original? it was my joke. Yeah, well, yeah. It was just passing the joke on. Um, <laughs> more people who were good. Um, Patterson had a good game. Yeah, he did. Um, Winchester had a good game again. Stewart. You know, but it was best Pritchard making things tick. Um, you know, Matete was excellent. I thought, like, he's he looks to play him. Like, I know he, some of the stuff he does give ball away a bit, maybe, but his strength and the way he retains the ball, protects the ball with his body, and moves away from players. That's quite impressive, really. Wins wins some good free kicks as well. He's um, really good on Saturday, I thought, especially after he'd been booked. Like, the game he plays, he's kind of on the the line of sort of fouls, isn't he? Because he's, like, really tenacious yeah. in that. So, like, manages, obviously, not not a, a particularly experienced player as well. So, like, manages, manages game after that was, was pretty impressive, really, I thought. Some great, um, just... Just flying headers in the middle of the park as well, which I quite enjoyed. Um, which is nice to see. Just somebody who wants to desperately win the ball, you know, desperate to, to break things up. Um, 
and that's what we needed. I think really that across the board that aggression that you know has been missing for quite a few games, especially when the the you know it's I mean <clears throat> when the when it's got tough to really have wilted. Um, but you know you, you look at someone like Sergan at the weekend who has been mm. in poor form and he seemed to have a he seemed to kind of have a bit of a light bulb moment almost it kind of it was always like he was like he remembered how to be a footballer again sort of <laughs> after looking like a bit of a competition winner where he was almost having to be told every single thing you need to do and he just kind of worked after out worked long out after about five minutes and started to defend his space rather than sort of try he kept on getting drawn towards a man and then he was like well I'm just gonna like give myself two or three yards and defend the space and it seemed his confidence just seemed to come flying back which is a massively positive sign mainly because we don't have anybody else who can play in that position um what we should really talk about is how how many times over the years have we said well when we've been in league one why don't we roll around the floor for five minutes? Why don't we get in the referee's face? You know, why don't we take 20 minutes to take a goal kick? And we saw in the second half, we did all of them, all, all of the oh, things. Yeah. And it was just great because, I mean, it's horrible when it's happening to you. And it's almost like we've just been too nice, like this kind of like we're trying to be like honourable, sort of like, oh, well, you know, we've got to play the game the right way. And at the weekend, it was like, no, we're not going to do that. We've got a comfortable lead in the game and we're going to, we're going to kill the game completely. Um, it's quite funny when that Humphreys came on, he thought, oh, like, maybe it'll spice up a bit. And he just didn't, he just couldn't get into the game because we just absolutely killed it. It's about time we did that, isn't it, Phil? He literally couldn't get in the game because they kept sending him yeah, off the pitch. He saw yeah. his sock out. Yeah, that was weird, <laughs> I was, it? I, I was just absolutely bizarre. Um, I, I don't understand what can go wrong with a sock that makes you have to leave the field of play. Um, so anyway, it was bizarre. But no, I just thought, you know, I think you alluded to it earlier, but I thought particularly Patterson was really impressive in that regard. Like having watched Patterson quite a lot over the last sort of 18 months, first team and in 23s, like, he is a superb shot stopper. Um, he is like already at Lee one minimum level shot stopping reflexes. Probably the side of his game that you had more doubts about is that kind of streetwise and the communication. And we did see that with his imaginary um, mix up in the first half. But I thought it was a really mature performance from Patterson, taking time out of the game, lying on the ball, didn't palm anything into a dangerous area. He sort of held on to things. Um, and it was quite a big call, really, from Neil. To, keep, to stick with Patterson yeah. because once Hoffman was fit again, I think a lot of people would have just brought Hoffman straight back yeah. in. Um, and he's put quite a big show of faith in Patterson. Um, and he looked really good on Saturday. And again, you don't want to get too carried away, have you? Because it's been so poor in recent weeks. But there were just little things all over the pitch on Saturday. And maybe we can build something from that. Um, and I thought, yeah, I thought Patterson was definitely one of them because that was the kind of performance we haven't seen from him yet. And hopefully it's a sign of him sort of getting his getting comfortable and understanding his role a bit more. You know, you, it makes you wonder who's who's told him to to do the things he was doing. You know, maybe it's not what we wanted to do before. 
Um, you want to maybe want to play all the time, get the ball moving quickly. You know, once he's got it, and we did do that sometimes. But obviously, when you're in the lead, the you know, wait until the forward gets needed before you pick the ball up, going right to the side of the penalty area, right at the corner to take your kicks if somebody's blocking you off, all that kind of stuff. You know, you, we must have wasted about you know three or four minutes through passing mm-hmm. stuff, but. Well, they did yeah. add like eight on. Well, I mean, uh, that is quite incredible because, like, when people do it to us, there's like three minutes added on. So, uh, and then we do it eight minutes. Quite funny, though, think, because um, it's like do three think, nil sorry. down and then you get like <laughs> eight minutes added on. Jeez. <laughs> but isn't it? Do you think, um, Phil, do you think that it might be an obvious one, but do you think Patterson's nails goalkeeper then for the rest of the season? Well, I, I asked him um, after the game. Um, I said, like, you know, obviously Patterson was good today. I said, how much of it is your judgment in terms of what you're saying in training and how much of it is just that Hoffman hasn't been quite ready to come back in? Um, and he was, yeah, he said Patterson's in the team because Patterson deserves to be in the team. Yes. Um, and he said, he said he should take a lot of confidence from that performance um, and that he was his game management was excellent. And Neil, I've learned quickly, does not use... Um, Adjectives like excellent, unless he really, 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 really <laughs> means it. Um, so I did think that was telling. Listen, I, I wouldn't go as far as say he's his goalkeeper for the rest of the season because I think he is still quite young. Mm. Um, and I think Hoffman will put him under pressure. But yeah, I thought the same as you. Um, it's interesting you mentioned that, which is why I asked the question. And from what he said, I took the fairly clear reading that he's made a judgment that he wants to go with Patterson for the time being. I'm not hugely surprised because, to be honest, it's one of those no. where behind the scenes, like, a, most people, I think, would say it's Sunderland that they don't think there's a huge amount in it between Patson and Hoffman. That was even before he went on loan in Knox County. Um, so, yeah, it will be interesting to watch that. I don't think it's like a done thing, do you know what I mean? That he said, oh, yeah, yeah, of one or anything like that. But, no, I, I asked that question and, yeah, he pretty much said, yeah, it was a judgment on, you know, what he's seen. Um, so, he's got a big opportunity now, really big opportunity to make, oh, yeah. make that spot his own. How have you found um, Alex Neal so far? Just generally, sort of obviously you're saying they obviously doesn't dish out the compliments. And obviously we see the uh, TV questions on the mm. press conference, but we don't obviously see the radio and, and, and papers. So it seems quite um, quite funny when someone will come on, oh, hi, Alex, how are you doing? And he just goes, hello. <laughs> yeah, I don't smile I or anything like that. So I haven't. I haven't tried any pleasantries. Um, yeah, <laughs> which job that, that's, that's absolutely fine. Well, the first thing I'd say is very different, very different. And I say that as someone who who, who liked and rated Lee Johnson. Um, it's very different. Listen, I think I think he could be a good fit. I think that the way he speaks, the way he carries himself, I think him and Sunderland could be a good fit. Um, I was, you know, I'd be the first to say I was bemused by some of the initial selections, like you know Pritchard being out on the wing, stuff like that. And I was a bit like, "What's going on here?" Um, but I'd, every time I've spoken to him, I've kind of thought, "Yeah, I think I think he speaks, and the way he carries himself is something that fans will take to." Um, and I think that people will, I think it will become quite popular pretty quickly if he can get some results and and start playing a bit more football. So. Yeah, uh, it's too early to tell, isn't it, in terms of on the pitch, but I certainly think off the pitch, the way he carries himself, I think people will like him. I mean, you guys will have a better sense of that and how you've kind of taken to him so far. But yeah, I think it's kind of no-nonsense style. 
but he does answer the questions. Do you know what I mean? It's not like he's just palming them off. He's he's happy to discuss things and he gives good, really good tactical detail yeah, as well. Actually, say, really, detailed. really to the yeah. point, um, which I enjoy a lot. So, I mean, I, I, what, what do you guys think? Bab, I, I think he's got the potential to be a good fit. I do. I am. Um, I like. I like him. Um, I, I certainly like him a lot more than I like Lee Johnson because um, I just didn't like him. Um, <laughs> but I think. Like he's a better fit for the club, the fans, the area. Like I just think he he fits in with the football club more than Lee Johnson did, and I think like I, I hope he I hope he does succeed here because I do like him and I do like the fact that he's just like people people try and be nice and he's just like nah, like I'm not <laughs> I'm not interested in this. Like I just give you like give you his answers and he's like he seems to. Nothing's hidden, like it's all everything's on the table. Um, there's no like stupid comparisons and metaphors and stuff. No daft management speak. Um, I just I, I like him. So well, yeah. he is he, he is genuinely polite. I've made him sound like absolutely like yeah. he's not, he, is, he is really he is really polite. But you know, you know what I mean. But, no, um, but seriously, I think, he, is a, he is a lovely bloke. Yeah, no, no, honestly, he's really nice. Um, but I think the other thing as well, the one thing that strikes me like really strongly is like I really do not think he's bothered what anyone thinks of him at all, <laughs> whether that be journalist, player, fan. Do you know, I just I, I think you do need to be pretty good at blocking out the outside noise, I think, at some point. Mm. And I think that is definitely something that he won't have any issues with. Because, um, yeah, he does not give you the vibe that he's bothered about your opinion, um, <laughs> which I think you probably you probably do need here. He um, made that comment in the, in the BBC Radio Newcastle interview after the game, something like, uh, you know, people sort of talk a lot of crap and about the game and we have a tendency to overcomplicate it basically and I think I was just such as like a stark a stark contrast to you know what like I'm not saying like one's right and one's wrong yeah. or you know but in terms I think I'd agree with Matt in terms of I think you're going to get more people on side by being a little bit more plain speaking than Feeling like you're kind of getting a lecture from like the man who's come up to head office, like that from up your office, from head office, and like think, is all it telling you all these things about like all these like buzzwords and like it's almost like the company values sort of thing, like chat. And it's like when you're losing and you're getting that, it's a little bit jarring. I think when somebody think, just comes um, out and says this is the way it is, it's a little yeah. bit easier. I think so. And I think that maybe that's a lesson that's been learned by sort of the hierarchy as well, you know, in terms of what's a good fit for a, for a Sunderland manager. Because what I would say is that, you know, obviously Johnson was brought in and asked to play a certain way. Um, and obviously those heavy defeats away from home, et cetera, are absolutely his responsibility. But he was being asked to play a certain way with a certain group of players. Um, you know, the philosophy was not what we saw on Saturday, you know, sitting deep, soaking up the pressure, um, so, you know, I think that's kind of an important point as well. And, and maybe we're seeing a little bit of a a tweak to the philosophy, if you like, um, and maybe a bit of a recognition that some alterations, if you like, were needed. And yeah, I, I think I was, I was, it was the first game where I've really felt like 
okay, I can see that he's really added value to this performance, if you know what I mean. Like, I can see what he's done. I can see how we, sort of the players are buying into what he's asking of them. Um, and he's played a big part in in the team getting a win. Um, fingers crossed, like I say, fingers crossed the platform. And that was what he said as well. He, like, he was not, like, smiling, getting carried away. Um, it was just like, it was good. Did the basics well. Um, it's a platform, nothing more than that. So, yeah, encouraged. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, when we get the summer um, and, you know, what you said there, Phil, about he doesn't really care what people think of him, you know, and those interactions with the recruitment side of the side of things. Um, you know, obviously you had Lee Johnson was very much in their kind of wheelhouse before and he probably wouldn't push back as much, maybe. I don't know. Um, I know there's been suggestions that um, there was disagreements over some of the players that were being brought in or we would like to have brought in um, and he didn't want them to come in, maybe. It'll be interesting to see if Neil's a bit more, we need this, just plain speaking, this is what we need. The way we've been doing it, isn't the right way because this is a situation we've ended up in with, you know, 10 <laughs> games to go the season. We've got four centre-backs and a squad full of, you know, kids who have been flogged. You know, we've obviously got that wrong. This is what you need to get out of this league, um, provided that we're still in League One um, in the in the next season, which I think at the moment, if you were being brutally honest, the odds are more likely that that would be the case. Um, even though we do have the opportunity um, to to get into the playoffs and gain promotion that way, um, but as we know, some fans, um, it's quite hard to do that. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe that, I know speaking's coming for a lot of stick. Maybe that'll bring the best out in in him if he gets a little bit of resistance and he has to sort of move away from the thing that he's comfortable in. Sort of, he's probably in a, in a comfort zone almost a bit in like I am doing this the philosophy. And you have somebody there who maybe just agitates that a little bit. I don't know. Silence. Agreement. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the summer feels an awful long way off at the moment, but um, I think it, I think the dynamics would be really interesting. I do think we would see, if not a total departure from from the way they've done things, certainly a, a bit more of a um, balanced approach. But you never know. We've got Arby. Who knows? Maybe we'll still make the top two. <laughs> You say the summer seems a long way away, but at the same time, from tomorrow, the 1st of March, we'll be able to say if the season finishes next month, which is quite scary, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. I, I think you're right in that the odds are probably against us getting out of this league. Um, I've been saying for weeks that the season's over and we're going to finish 11th or something. And I was like, and I'll revise that um, <clears throat> because of what I've seen on Saturday and obviously Arby's performance. Um, we're back to eight. We're back to, um, <laughs> yeah, I think, no lower than eight. No I lower than eight. Say. Okay. Um, but what I would say is um, Wigan won't finish in the top two. Who's going with instead? MK Dons? My Dons, yeah. yeah. MK Dons. Interesting. 
just a brief one on the fixtures coming up because um, just having a look here, it's probably likely that the Rotherham game will be rearranged because of international fixtures. Um, mm. That's on the 26th. And we've got. Do we those... have internationals now? Yes. Who? Don't know. Flanagan went well, away. Um, Doyle, Serkin, Neil, potentially. Oh yeah. Oh well, there we go. Um, Harvey. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Jay could he? Well, I mean, might as well. Um, Evans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. So yeah. We, we won't. We. I don't think we'll be playing that game because I think. Well. Certainly. The oh, that's Hoffman good. It means uh, me and Richard don't have to rush back from our holidays. Mm. So that's nice. But what is the interesting thing aside from that is <laughs> our final midweek game of the season. Um, which it won't be if the Rotherham games are rearranged, is on Tuesday the 8th of March against Fleetwood. And then after that, it's all oh, really? Saturdays. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's the last midweeker. Um, unless, the, obviously, with the Rotherham games removed, you'd expect that to be probably the last week end of the season, wouldn't you? The last week of the season, they usually bang it in then, don't they? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, next five fixtures uh, before the Oxford game, if the Rotherham game is binned, will be with Charlton, Fleetwood, Crewe, um, Lincoln and Gillingham. Well, I mean... At the start of the season... You look yeah. at those fixtures and you go fifteen point. That's fifteen points. That's what you're looking to take from those games. Well, that's what we have to do. Exactly. I mean, but it's true, isn't it? I mean, that's what yeah. you're looking at. And if you're talking about the, you know, Saturday being a catalyst, you know, the starting point, building block, whatever you want to call it, those five fixtures, you probably go, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I've got those next. Um, but as we've sort of touched on earlier in the show. We seem these are the games that we seem for some reason to to, to falter in, unless we win five nil, of course. Well, I think that's the last chance to win five nil on a Tuesday night. Yeah. It would, so. um, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think the, the one that sort of sticks out there is Charlton, just because it's them, um, and we just don't seem to beat them really. Um, Obviously, we lost to them earlier in the season, didn't we? Um, but I mean, if we if we want to, you know, if we want to finish in the playoffs well, and we want to be that size that's upwardly mobile, and yeah. you know, then we 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 have to win the next five, really, because obviously Oxford's going to be a tricky game. We win the next five, and then don't lose at Oxford. Yeah, great. Yeah. I think it probably finished second, really. You'd think Charlton are in a bit of a bad run at the moment, so yeah, they're not very good, though. Like, it. You know, when we when we lost to them earlier in the season, I think they um they they just appointed Jackson, hadn't they? Oh uh, yeah. So I think it was his first game. So you know, new manager bounce and all that, and really that game, we you know we we probably should have got something out of it. It was by um, far the like certainly not. By any means, the worst we played. No, it absolutely <laughs> wasn't. No, um, I forgot to put a break in at some point. I was just going to say know, that. You know. Yeah, I'd get wrong for that, wouldn't I? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. Well, do you know what the reason why is? Because I yeah, because I edit. Because I edit. Mm, I, edit so I need. I need. The, I need this thing. I'm just going to let the advert just drop in somewhere randomly. Oh, blame, Steve, blame Steve. Frankly, 
blame Stephen for being away. So if, well, you heard, if you heard, like, I don't know, one the advert that it is at the moment, I don't know, whatever advert it is that comes advanced, on. Advanced uh, hair studio. Advanced hair studio. Um, uh, yeah, so when you heard, if you heard that advert, um, sorry, if it cut somebody's um, <laughs> amazing point off. Mid-time. I hope it was my, let's be honest, we all hope it was my point that was being cut off, so. Well, on that bombshell, um, you will be back on Thursday with Tom, I assume. Uh, yeah, presume. I think that, yeah, I presume so. Might as well. Now, what else to do, is there really? Yeah, I know, I know. And they'll be previewing that that visit to Charlton. Um, Tom's going as well. I'm not going, though. No, no. Um, and maybe Stephen will be back Monday. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, what's the point now, really? Like, he's just left us in limbo for a maybe few I'll weeks. Have a, maybe I'll have a Monday off. Well, we might well be hung over there. Well, so. could be, yeah. <laughs> sick, sick of it. Sick of them swanning off. Bored of this lot now. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'll, well, I'll do, I think. <laughs> right, you know, sick, sick of it. Um, thanks for joining us again, Phil. Appreciate it, as always. Um, so, no yeah. bother, Gareth. It's fine. Wait, let, all no right. Problem. Let me no get bother. to you. You weren't going to. I was. <laughs> you weren't. And thank you to Matthew for That's all right. filling no in. Don't mention, don't mention it. For, uh, don't mention it. Even. I, 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 well, I have to now because you're crying about it. Um, yeah, he'll be back on Thursday. Um, and thank you again for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.